your babs, this shit crazy. Jimmy on the beat, boy. This is the Trophy Room, aka Trophy Room Radio. I am your host, Brett Hammer, wherever you are on this amazing monday thank you for making me a part of your day coming up jim ursay should just get a reality show already because he's loves living in the spotlight and is still doing it for all the wrong reasons plus there's a disconnect in the celtics locker room why is that and the heat are succeeding because they're built exactly like one nfl team but which one is it i'll tell you that in just a couple minutes from now but as you know it is way too hard to buy quality graphic tees these days you look it up and all you get is sketchy third-party products on etsy ebay none of it's real game changers throwing a wrench into all of that game changers is a real company that puts real quality in the phrase to get what you pay for they make high-end quality shirts with all your favorite nba and nfl teams and players as well as rappers and other culture icons if you head over to gamechanger.la you can use promo code hammertime23 for ten dollars off that's capital h Hammer time 23, $10 off, mill minimum order required. Uh, go ahead, give me a follow on Instagram, TikTok at BHammerTime. Give me a DM, just let me know that you're listening to the show. Go ahead, screenshot, put the show in your story, tag me in it. I'd love to see all of that. Um, shout outs. Our boy Cody is listening up in Idaho. I love hearing about these guys who I don't know. And obviously, there's a lot of you. Um, we've grown a little bit but i just appreciate hearing about all y'all that are still been listening to the show for a long time and i don't even know who you are so cody appreciate you um also my good friend blake finally got a game changer shirt for his birthday and guess what he said he was like dude i think i might have to buy three or four more of these i'm telling it's not like i'm not pumping out a product that i think is terrible like if i didn't own five of these and i didn't just buy one last week i wouldn't be pumping these out so if you haven't got on the grind yet buy them they're absolutely worth it they fit great they feel great they're high quality material probably one of your favorite shirts that you'll ever buy i just bought one last week because i love wearing them so much like i love wearing them around the house when i'm just bumming it i love when i wear them when i'm going out to parties but i was like honestly i kind of want to just wear one on a date but i feel bad wearing this giant graphic logo on a date so fun fact you can go and get um blank ones so you go on the website three lines in the top left corner you hit luxury blanks and all of these different colors you just get a blank one they're really high quality shirts and the blank ones are way cheaper so don't don't worry about that um, I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this way. I just realized that we had ESPN Plus, and uh, I found out, or I saw this ad today for it's called Being Young, and it says new documentary on about Bryce Young coming to ESPN Plus. And I'm just like, look, dude, I love storytelling, and maybe I hold documentaries in too high regard because I grew up on the 30 for 30s, and came home from COVID to The Last Dance. But does everyone really need a documentary? Like right after their life event just happened. Again, tell me, maybe I'm being too old about this. But it really feels a little unjustified for you have just graduated or just been drafted. And now we have... Like again, what what is the documentary even going to be about? You've only been on the earth for 20 years. Like you haven't done that much. Again... Incredible college career, 
Heisman Trophy winner. And I'm not trying to single Bryce Young out because he did have a great career. I just think it's a lot for this man to already be getting a documentary. And I feel like these streaming services, again, we're making more movies than we've ever made. Again, more stories than we've ever told ever before. But it's just like a little annoying that we keep getting um, all these documentaries for people that I don't know that have necessarily earned it. But you know who has earned it? The Miami Heat. Because if I'm being honest, I think we talked about this last week. The Heat feel like they're the only ones who really, really, really want to be there. Obviously, the Nuggets do. The Lakers don't feel like they want to be there that bad. The Celtics don't feel like they want to be there that bad. We'll get to why. But step away from the NBA. Let's step into the NFL. Let's go back to prime Patriots dynasty. What made the Patriots great? They had one of the greatest defensive minds at the helm of their football team. One of the greatest defensive minds, maybe the greatest of all time. So we got that. Very scrappy, hyper-intelligent. And then to pair along, we had a superstar who... You didn't know what made him a superstar. Like, if I said to you, what is Tom Brady just exceptional at, just God-gifted, that nobody else could do, you'd say, well, he's not that athletic. His arm's not that big. He's not the super most psycho-accurate of all time. What made Tom Brady the greatest of all time? What made him exceptional? What was he uber-talented at? You really can't tell me. And then, to combine with all of that, somehow their entire roster was built with undrafted guys, surprising amount of white guys, and a whole bunch of other players that nobody seemed to want, and then Bill turned them into exceptional talent. Well, in Miami we have that, right? We have Eric Spolstra. I think Eric Spolstra is one of the most underrated coaches the NBA has ever seen. Because, here's why. Which I'm now realizing is a little redundant to say because here's why. Uh, but I digress. Let's, th- let's just think about it for just one second. Eric Spolstra, the only time he'd been to the NBA Finals before 2020 was with LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, and a whole bunch of other dudes. So the idea with LeBron coaches is always, oh, well, you got to prove to us that you're worth your weight in gold because we will always be able to make the argument that LeBron carried the coach, which is funny. We don't ever make that argument with Jordan. Like we always say, oh, well, you had Phil Jackson, right? Same with Kobe. But LeBron, the argument always is, well, LeBron carried whatever coach he had, which, I mean, how do you not make that argument when the team is the first real, authentic, player-built super team between those three guys? So then if you're Eric Spolstra, we have to say to you, we got to see something else. We have to see you. You have to carry a team since you've been carried. And I would submit to you, 
what better team is there to get to an NBA Finals to prove that you are worthy to be there as a coach than this one this year and the 2021? Now, you guys know I don't super count anything that happened in COVID. Some of you really, really do, and I don't understand that for a number of reasons because there's so many anomalies that happened that I just think oh, what happened was awesome, but let's not act like that's consistent reality. Because let's be honest, that's the last NBA Finals that the Lakers have been to since Kobe and Shaq were popping off. Right? Like, and now they're in the Western Conference Finals and they're getting swept. So don't try to give me that that's reality. The Lakers are not better than the Sixers. They're not better than the Celtics. They're just not. My point to you is this. So let's take that one thing out for the Heat. Let's let's if I'm not going to count it for the Lakers, let's say I don't count it for the Heat. Okay, sure. He's still in a Western Conference Finals where they're sweeping the favorite. Everyone said, "Oh, the 76ers aren't that good." Really? Well, they went to game 7 with the team who looks like they shouldn't even have made it at all. And the Heat are sweeping them with I might add, okay? Left in the playoffs, Jokic has Murray, LeBron has AD, or you could say AD has LeBron, Tatum has Jalen Brown, and a whole bunch of other guys, which we'll outline in a minute. And then, Jimmy Butler. Who's Jimmy Butler have? Bam, Bam Adebayo? Yeah. But you're telling me Bam Adebayo is in the same conversation with Jalen Brown, AD, I don't think so. And then after that, tell me who they got. I didn't think so. I love this Miami Heat team because as far as star power goes, that's always the thing, right? We I make that argument with the Suns. They needed star power. They got it, but they traded away all their wing shooting and all their wing defense. And therefore, they got blasted. Okay? What are the Miami the Miami Heat? They are literally built on undrafted free agents, white guys, and a superstar who you really don't know what he's exceptional at. And if you ask people how big they think Jimmy Butler is, they probably tell you you probably think he's what six four, six five. The dude's six seven, and he is the definition. Like, if there was a picture for got that dog in him, like just dog. That definition was in the dictionary. The picture would be Jimmy Butler right next to it. Because I don't know what Jimmy Butler is really that exceptional at. His three-point shot, not that great. In a league where you have to win shooting the three ball. He goes in on these centers like he's 7-1. He's not afraid of anybody. And their coaching is incredible. I'm not sure what else you want. The Celtics on paper, should have no issue running through the heat. But they can't. Because Eric Spolster's that guy, Jimmy Butler's that guy, and the Miami Heat are just the new era New England Patriots. Alright, next story. Lakers game three. That's the next best thing on the docket, right? And we don't have a ton of time today because it's a Monday, which means I have school, which is not fun because the class is super boring. But, Lakers Nuggets... Game three, Saturday night, in case you didn't watch, Lakers won, 119-108. Jamal Murray had a 37-piece. Okay? 
Anthony Davis at 28 points, 11 for 18 shooting. Denver shot 42% from three. Pretty freaking good. Lakers shot 31% from three. A whole 10 percentage points difference. But this thing was close really the whole way until the very end when it wasn't. I'm not sure what you need more if you're the Lakers. This is what I would submit to you. And it's a hard truth and nobody wants to say it because it's an easy cop-out, but I do think that it's true. I don't think the Lakers ever should have made it here in the first place. But this is the point that I want to make to you today. I want to submit this. I don't think the Western Conference is that good. I don't know that the Eastern Conference is exceptional, but the Eastern Conference is better than the West. Because if you're going to tell me, you give me the Celtics, the Sixers, the Heat, and the Knicks against the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Warriors, and uh, the Suns. I'll absolutely, the Nuggets are the best team out of all of those. Then after that, I'm taking the Heat, I'm taking the Celtics, I'm taking the 76ers, and then to me, it's frankly probably a toss-up between the Knicks and the Suns. That might be blasphemous, but I don't care. And the Warriors, if they don't shoot, which they didn't, and if they can't guard down low, which they couldn't, and against these against these Eastern Conference teams, you're, the Warriors are not locking down Joel Embiid. They're not locking down anyone on the Celtics. They're not hanging with Robert Williams. So, I'm telling you, the Eastern Conference is just better than the West. Because we can argue, okay, well, a 7 seed from the West made the Western Conference Finals, 8 seed from the East made the Western Conference Finals. This eight seed, who was a play-in team, barely made it in. They're sweeping the favorite. The Lakers are not sweeping the Nuggets. They're not even getting close to touching the Nuggets. Which is funny, because ironic enough, the Nuggets actually have a losing record on the road this season. Even the Lakers... Have a pretty close record to the Nuggets on the road this season. So I just, I, and I don't want to discredit the Nuggets because I do think the Nuggets are the best team left in the playoffs. But I do worry if they, again, if you like the Nuggets, if you are a Nuggets fan, you have to hope and pray that this Heat series is close. Because what you need to happen is you need the media and the narrative to be. Oh yeah, the Heat are that good. They were disrespected. They are that good. And what you also need is this thing to go to six six games. If it goes to five, it looks like a gentleman's sweep. And then people say, well, the Nuggets didn't have to play anyone. And that's why they won their first championship. You want your first championship to be built like that. But you also don't want it to go seven games because you don't want people to say, oh, well, I mean, you couldn't even put away an eight seed. You need it to go six games because you need to look. You need it to look like the Miami Heat were worth their weight in gold, but that they couldn't hang with the best team in the league. And I like both these squads, so I don't really care who wins. But I do know this: I'm so done with these boring playoff series. Where yesterday the Miami Heat are up by 30 in the middle of the third quarter, by with two minutes left to go. Down by 10. Lakers just pull their starters. That's my main issue with the Lakers. 
is that Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves seem like the only guys who really want to be there. I'm just go look at the at the clutch moments that the Lakers have almost had in the series. They were either led by AD or AR. Austin Reeves is the only person in the series who looks like he seriously is scrapping and fighting to make an NBA Finals. LeBron James doesn't look like he cares that much. Anthony Davis statistically looks like he cares, but obviously he's a little bit hesitant because he doesn't want to get messed up health-wise. And you can tell LeBron James doesn't care that much. You know why? Because he did something Saturday night that no one is talking about, which I find to be a little bit blasphemous. And if you've ever watched the uh, the Bad Boys 30 for 30, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you didn't watch the documentary, maybe you lived it. But back in 80s, 90s, the Detroit Pistons running amok on the entire league. They lose a playoff series. And instead of shaking hands, they walked off the court. Isaiah Thomas walked off. Bill Ambeer walked off. They went from being these bad boys to being these cowards. And they got destroyed in the media for it, as they should have. And you probably don't even know what I'm talking about because you're the I'm the first person you were here say this. But LeBron James Saturday night, before the game was even over, the clock had not hit zero, walked off without his teammates. Just walked back to the locker room. And nobody made any comments about it. Nobody thought it was weird. LeBron James just did whatever he wanted. Which again, I wouldn't want to shake hands with guys either. But when other people have had their reputations ripped for what you just did, don't tell me that LeBron James, like, that it's, oh, well, Jordan would have done that. Jordan wouldn't have done that. And LeBron just did that. And I'm not one of those guys. But I'm just saying, don't give me, oh, well, LeBron James, everything he does is wrong. Yeah, that was pretty wrong. LeBron James left the court without shaking anyone's hands. And again, that just goes to show me kind of what we think about this series. And that's that these guys, they just don't really care that much. And I think that's honestly because... They really didn't deserve to be there. They earned it for sure. They earned the right to be there. But it just proves to me that the Western Conference is just not that good this year. I mean, think about it. Your best teams, Memphis Grizzlies, Jaw can't stay on the court um, legally or morally. Steven Adams can't stay on physically, and Dylan Brooks is just an idiot. That's one of your best teams in the Western Conference. Okay? 76ers, they don't got issues like that. Yeah, James Harden's a little inconsistent, but they all stay on the court. I'm just telling you, if you give me the top four teams from the East, I'll take them against the top four teams in the West. Now, I think the Nuggets beat every single one of those teams in a seven-game series for sure. But, I hate this notion that the Nuggets are just going to sweep the Heat because they're not that good. No, the Lakers are not that good. But the difference between the Lakers and the Heat, and I would argue the talent level is definitely sides with LA. The issue is the Heat are scrapping to be there. Darvin Ham is trying to scrap coaching to be there. Austin Reeves is trying to scrap to be there. 
the rest of these guys don't really care that much. They don't hustle that much. And you know they don't hustle because you can directly look at the other side and say the Heat, yeah, they hustle like that. All right, next story. What do we have for y'all? So I find this a little bit interesting. We got a couple Steelers stories. And then we have Disconnect in the Celtics locker room. What's that about? So the Steelers are reportedly uh, owner. Sorry, not the owner. The GM was on the Pat McAfee show last week talking about how they're likely to uh, – Mason Rudolph's coming back and Mitch Trubisky is also looking to get another two-year deal done. And it feels not ridiculous. It just feels a little odd that you're bringing back both your backups when Kenny Pickett's supposed to be the guy of the future, especially when Mason Rudolph guaranteed backup for sure. But uh, how do we describe our good friend Mitch Trubisky? He's like, and if you've ever been in a relationship like this, get out. But there are people like this who they – date someone and for whatever reason things end and then they just stay friends and then you're dating the girl and the guy who was the friend that you used to date is still there like he doesn't know that he's just a friend mitch trubisky is the guy in the nba who doesn't earn the nfl who doesn't know that he's just a friend because he's still trying to come for that top spot he's still trying to marry the girl so it's funny that the, the Steelers are bringing all these guys back. But when you have super successful companies, people, whatever, there's, for the most part, there's two schools of thought. There is um, the idea that anytime something's broke or even looks like it's broke, you immediately fix it. You immediately change Always sweeping to get better, sometimes to a fault. But then we have the opposite side of that, and that's the Steelers. And that's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But just because it's not broken doesn't mean it can't be improved. And I think that's part of what we're seeing with the Steelers is they ran Ben Roethlisberger into the ground to a fault. They are running Matt Canada's offense into the ground to a fault because that thing really doesn't move the football that well at all. It's really just these short passes, lots of check downs. It's not go big, go deep. I mean, it's an improvement from the Patriots offense, but outside of that, it's not a whole lot. The Steelers really are living up to this idea of, well, it's not broken. So we're not even going to change improve at all. Again, Mike Tomlin's a great coach. They have the same ownership they've had for forever. Before Mike Tomlin, their previous coach was there for forever. Ben Roethlisberger was there for forever. Like, it works out because they end up picking up a lot of greatness. And I think when you give guys lots of opportunities to stay together, obviously chemistry flourishes. However... 
it is a little worrisome the people who live in the past and can never move on and have a tough time with change. And I think because let's be honest, since they went to the Super Bowl in 20, 2009, 2010, what have the Steelers accomplished? Sorry, not 2010. I believe it was 2012 when they played the Packers. So, within the last 10 years, what have the Steelers seriously accomplished? Let's be honest about that. Because, again, they've never had a losing record with Mike Tomlin. He's on a streak. However, what have they really given you? That's what I'm saying. There's not a whole lot to this Steelers team or organization. It's, yes, you're not losing, and yes, you're not a failure, but I guess my question to you is, would you rather win a championship or go to a, a conference championship every five years? Or would you rather be essentially first round playoff exit every single year guaranteed with no opportunity to improve? And I think that's the issue is when something's not broken and you don't fix it, you never improve. And they don't. Which is why they're immediately going to re-sign, my, bring back Mason Rudolph, and bring back Mitch Trubisky, because they're just like, well, it's not broken. We haven't lost a season, have had a losing record in a season yet, so we're just going to keep on doing it. And that that applies with Matt Canada's offense. So we just talked about, and again, there's a lot of people who do this in sports. There's people who do this in life, and they're the great ones. Sometimes you have coaches, you have parents, you have managers at your company who they elevate everyone beyond the talent they would hold as an individual. Right? Eric Spolstra, great example. Darvin Ham, great example. Elevating. But what happens when it's the opposite? Because frankly, I feel like that's the issue that the Celtics have. So, Joe Missoula... In his post-game presser, they asked if he thinks that they asked Joe Missoula. They said, "Do you think there's a disconnect between yourself and the players?" This is what Missoula says: "Yeah, it's why I need to be better to figure out what this team needs. Not what you love to hear. Um, that would be like the day before you propose or the day right after, and uh, the dad says to you." why are you guys not getting along? And you say, is, is it because there's a disconnect? Yeah, there's a disconnect. And I just need to figure out what, what she needs. Uh, this is the wrong time to be figuring that out. Then the follow-up question is, why do you think there's a disconnect? Joe Mazzula responded with, quote, I'm not sure. Let's be honest about a couple of things. Joe Mazzula got this job because Ime Udoka was doing what he was doing. Irrelevant. The point is, Joe Mazzula has literally been here one year. You got a sweet gig coming into a team, coming off a finals run, finals loss. However, this is still his first year with the squad. It's the same reason that I didn't think the Sacramento Kings were destined to win the finals this year, but I think they'll be significantly better next year. It's your first year dealing with all the success. You have to figure it out. Now, what you shouldn't have to figure out is why there's a disconnect between the team. Now, I still think that this is an issue. I think it's really a problem 
for Jalen Brown to being on the trading block all the freaking time. I think that causes you some issues. But also, I just think Joe Mazzullo might not be that great of a head coach. And I think Ime Udoka was a great coach, but obviously he's not there anymore. I think the situation that we have in Miami is the opposite of the situation that we have in Boston. The problem is the disconnect from one is not necessarily as much of an issue. Because let's say, okay, you don't have the most talent in the world in Miami. That's not a disconnect within the team. When your coaching is struggling and you're losing, there. I mean, when you're losing, there's an immediate disconnect. But the coach is supposed to hold everybody together. Eric Spolster is holding everybody together. And he's coaching to their strengths. The issue in Boston is, A, Joe Mazzula feels like there's a disconnect, which if you and your significant other are fighting, you don't need to tell your coworkers that. You might need to tell your manager if, it, if it's causing issues or you're late to work or whatever, but you don't just tell your coworkers that. You don't tell your Uber driver that. So to me, if the cat's out of the bag, there are more problems in Boston than just losing basketball games. And that's what makes me think that, I don't know if Joe Mazzola is out, but those comments are pretty serious. Again, this is nev- this is something, great example, you'd never see this come out in San Francisco. Because it just doesn't get out like that. So, yeah. Joe Mazzulla, sure he's a great guy. But when you have your stars, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combining for 26 points in a must-win situation in Game 3 after getting home swept in the first two games, you got a problem. Um, last thing before we wrap it up. Two things from Jim Ursay. Okay? Jim Ursay came out today... Apparently, the dispute between the Commanders and the Colts has been figured out, which, again, kind of interesting. We didn't really know there was uh, a whole lot of news until Jim Irsay came in guns blazing and said, I'm suing the Washington Commanders for trying to sign Andrew Luck. Well, apparently, news has come out uh, this morning that there wasn't any real connection between the commanders and Andrew Luck. It was just rumors and Jim Irsay again came in hot and heavy trying to sue the commanders when they really didn't do anything wrong. So kind of annoying from Jim Irsay. But then people are also freaking out because the, here's the headline from CBS Sports. And again, hopefully you see the story and you realize it's not that deep. It says, quote, Colts owner Jim Ursay includes John Elway, but not Peyton Manning. Interesting. What these stories are probably not going to tell you is that it's not the top five quarterbacks of all time. Jim Brown passed away. Jim Ursay tweeted this, quote, On my list of top five greatest NFL players of all time in our 103-year history, I have top five as one Jim Brown, Two, Tom Brady. Three, John Elway. Four, Deacon Jones. Five, Reggie White. Now, just because Jim Brown died, I don't think necessarily puts him over Tom Brady. But I also didn't watch Jim Brown, so I don't know that I can super speak to that. I would put him 
Brady is the greatest of all time, but Brady at two isn't, I think, unreasonable, especially right after the guy dies. I wouldn't do it, but I'm not going to lose my mind about it. Somebody else's top five. It's like when I was at work the other day, and I said that for me, Top Gun Maverick was one of my favorite movies of all time, and my coworkers freaked out. Like, dude, it's an opinion. Can we freak? Can we stop? Like, there are some opinions that are dumb having. But there's a difference between saying something is one of your favorites and saying something is the greatest. Saying one of your favorite movies of all time, yeah, you could think somebody's weird for Shrek being their favorite movie of all time, but they're not dumb. They didn't make a poor decision. It's just what they like and what they don't like. It's an opinion. Especially when it's like, there are some people who are just notorious for having stupid opinions. Most people are not this way. But when you have crazy guys like Jim Irsay, you tend to take what you're told with a grain of salt. But again, even in this issue, this this instance. Okay, so you're telling me Peyton Manning's not a top five all-time all-time player. That's not crazy to me. But if you read the headline and say, oh, why is Jim Irsay beefing with Peyton Manning because he left him off his top five list? Well, it's top five players of all time. And I don't think we should just immediately go all five quarterbacks. There's two quarterbacks on there. Tom Brady, John Elway. I don't hate that. I don't have a problem with that. And to be fair, at least Ursay is 64 years old. So he's seen all, he's been through this with the NFL. I have not. So mine comes completely from stats and research. But that is what it is. Also, fun story before we get out of here. Um, oh, where is it? Interesting. Mike Florio says that the Cowboys just dumped Dak. Fun fact, I don't even hate that idea. Which, we'll get into that on Wednesday. I'm trying to find the story on Ben Roethlisberger. Basically, Ben Roethlisberger had Kenny Pickett on his podcast on over the weekend, last week, and said to Kenny Pickett that when they drafted Kenny Pickett, that Roethlisberger was hoping that he would fail. He was kind of rooting against him. He didn't even want him to get the football out. He wanted him to have a bad season because he didn't want people to forget about him. Idiot. I don't get that at all because to me, yeah, I don't want people to forget about me, but I want my organization to still be successful even when I'm not there. I don't want them to fail because I'm gone. This It's different when you break up with somebody than when their relationship just fizzles out. I don't... If I broke up with someone and it was because I just wasn't that into them, I wouldn't want them to have a miserable next three months of dating just because I wanted them to miss me. That's toxic. And you know what? Props to him for being open about it and props to him for saying it's Kenny Pickett's face. But all I'm saying is... If, and he says this in the quote. He says, I probably shouldn't say this, but 90% of the time, if you start a phrase with or a sentence with, I probably shouldn't say this, but it's probably not worth saying. And I, I, I think we have normalized honesty to a fault. Again, I'm, I'm 100% here for transparency and not being fake. 
but not everything needs to be said to everyone. And I think podcasts have kind of put that out in the air. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We will be back with you on Wednesday. We got a couple of NBA conference finals games to watch. We have more NFL free agency to look at. Again, I told you we'll tease whether or not the Cowboys should dump Dak Prescott. They definitely won't, but should they? That is all coming up for you on a Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Monday. Appreciate all of you listening, and we will talk soon. Cheers. Whoa.